we have been reading the New Testament together, around 20 verses a day. There's a link in the description for this video where you can see the plan. And um, that's so that we can go through life together, learn more about Jesus together. What I want to do right now is look at Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15 for the, um, the story, the account of eyewitness account of Jesus on the day that we are remembering today. I'm going to read from the New Living. <clears throat> We're picking up with the trial of Jesus before Pilate. Very early in the morning, the leading priests, the elders, and the teachers of religious law, the entire high council met to discuss their next step. They bound Jesus, led him away, and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, You have said it. Then the leading priests kept accusing him of many crimes, and Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer them? What about all these charges they are bringing against you? But Jesus said nothing, much to Pilate's surprise. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner, any one the people requested. One of the prisoners at that time was Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Pilate and asked him to release a prisoner as usual. Would you like me to release to you this king of the Jews, Jesus asked, um, Pilate asked about Jesus. For he realized by now that the leading priests had arrested Jesus out of envy. But at this point, the leading priest stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, then what should I do with this man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, crucify him. Why? Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. So to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters, called the Praetorium, and called out the entire regiment. They dressed him in a purple robe. They rove uh, thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. Then they saluted him and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him on the head with a reed stick and spit on him and dropped to their knees in mocked worship. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the purple robe and put on his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. A passerby named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus, and they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They offered him wine drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide uh, who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the, the charge against him. It read, the king of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. 
Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock in the afternoon. Then Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, Lemma, Sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said, let's, uh, let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, This man truly was the Son of God. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and the younger and of Joseph, and Salome. They had been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. This all happened on Friday, the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath. As evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honored member of the high council and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus had already died, so he called for the Roman officer and asked if he had died yet. The officer confirmed that Jesus was dead, so Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. Joseph bought a long sheet of linen cloth. Then he took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in the cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where the body of Jesus was laid. This is what we are pausing to focus on, to reflect on, to think about, to allow the story to have an impact on it on us. You know, a lot of people say, hey, speak your truth. God has spoken his truth through Jesus. God has spoken the truth of his love for you through Jesus. That's God's truth. God's truth is that he loves you and that there was something that had to happen to give us a chance to confess where we've been wrong turn away from it and receive forgiveness, spiritual cleansing, new spiritual life by grace. Not because of anything we have done, but through Jesus Christ. So on this Good Friday, as we take a few moments to reflect on this, I want us to look at the scripture that helps us understand what what was accomplished. What does the the Jesus' sacrificial death do for us? Romans chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 says this, God showered his great love for us, excuse me, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Wow. Through the death of Christ, God was showing his love for us. It makes it possible for us to be made right with God, like like we never made a mistake, like we never sinned, but only through this death of Jesus. And it, it makes a way for us to be saved from the condemnation from God that we do deserve for the wrongs that we have done. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says this, 
He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. You can be spiritually free. Spiritual freedom is available because of what God did through the death of Jesus. It makes it possible for us to be forgiven for our sins. It makes it possible for us to be spiritually free. Ephesians 2.13 says this, Now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. I don't know about you, but I definitely at one point thought of myself as far from God. There was just no way that the ground couldn't be made up. I had made my mistakes. I felt the weight of my guilt and my shame. But God didn't want me to stay in that place. Through Jesus, God gives me an opportunity to be brought near to him, to be brought close to him. You don't need to be an outsider. You don't need to be away. You don't need to be far from God. You can be brought near to God. But it happened through the blood of Jesus, through this sacrificial death of Jesus. That's why we mark it, remember it, think about it. That's why it's sacred to us. John wrote about it like this, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Are you seeing a pattern? Are you seeing a theme? The people who saw Jesus with their own eyes, heard Jesus with their own ears, heard his teaching, heard him explain. He predicted over and over that he would be killed. He predicted over and over he would come back to life on the third day. He explained this new covenant agreement, lifelong agreement we could have with God. This forgiveness of sin, this cleansing. Jesus explained it. They heard it. They believed it and it changed their lives. John also writes in Revelation chapter 1 verse 5, all glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. Spiritual freedom is possible. Spiritual freedom is possible. God loves you and it happened through the sacrificial death of Jesus. Peter wrote about it like this, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, speaking of Jesus. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right by his wounds. You are healed. See, when we make mistakes, it brings separation. You make a big mistake in a relationship, it brings a brokenness to the relationship, a separation in the relationship. In the same way, our sins brings a brokenness in that relationship with God. Our mistakes where we don't line up with with what God wants for us. And what Peter is saying is that Jesus lived this perfect life, tempted in every way that we were, and yet without sin. And what he did when he went to the cross was he took on himself our sins. Your sins, the mistakes that you made, the mistakes that I made, the guilt, the shame. He took that on himself when he went to the cross so that we could be separated from that and so that we could have a freedom to live for what is right and good and healthy. Through the wounds of Jesus, we are healed. This is why we believe our faith is that through Jesus, By by confessing where we've been wrong, turning away from it, receiving this forgiveness of Jesus, we can receive spiritual cleansing, new spiritual life. That's what Jesus talked about in John 3, new spiritual life with heaven as our home. It's what is available. So what should we do about this? Well, 
talked about it last Sunday, three L's. Look, listen, love. Look at Jesus. Think about the sacrifice of Jesus today. Listen to Jesus. Listen to the words of Jesus. Even his words on this final day are so meaningful. All that he went through for us and his words about what this sacrifice on the cross meant for us. What did Jesus say about it? Look at Jesus. Listen to Jesus and love. Receive God's love for you through Jesus. Love God. Love Jesus with the best of your energy in response as a thank you. And then you will have the ability to love others in the same way you take care of yourself. To love your neighbors. To care about the people that God's put in your life. This message is relevant to us. It's relevant to every day. Regardless of the suffering of this world. Regardless of what we go through. What we have seen. Where we have been. And what we have done. This message is powerful. It's life changing. And I hope it helps helps you today. So please take some time today to reflect on this story, to read Mark 15, to go back and read these verses I just gave you about the purpose of the death of Jesus and what it accomplished and allow it to really have an impact on you. Talk with God about it. Listen to God about it. Write down what it means to you and then thank God for what it means to you. Allow me to pray for you today. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, God, for all that you have done. I thank you, God, that you are wonderful, that you are merciful, that you are gracious. And God, that you know exactly what it is that we have done that's wrong. You know exactly where we've been that we shouldn't. You know exactly what we've said that we shouldn't. Lord, you know perfectly, and yet you love us perfectly. You love us even in that state. You are not separating yourself from us. You draw near through Jesus. We thank you. Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior, took our sins on himself on the cross. We thank you for that. You paid the price for our freedom, for our redemption, for our salvation. We confess where we've been wrong. We ask for forgiveness. We say, Jesus, be our Savior, be our Lord. We make a fresh dedication to live for you wholeheartedly and to share this love with others. I thank you for it, God. I thank you for what you're doing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I hope this message gives you some fresh hope, some fresh focus, and some joy today. Grace and peace to you. Have a great weekend.